And even though we may have been off for a month, that doesn't mean people aren't bitters. It's now time for another episode of the Bitter Bistro Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Rockenstein, a.k.a. Bitter Party of One, with what will be a fantastic episode. I say that every time, but I really mean it this time. <laughs> In studio right now, none other... Then Maite Schwartz. Maite, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for being in the studio. Looking very bitter and ready to go, I should so say. So bitter. Yes. How do I know, Maite? Another person from the Lux Training Dojo here in the studio. First one was Andy Ostroff, and now we have Maite. So this is very exciting. Uh, LuxTraining.com or on Facebook for all your training needs. You can go see Steve, and he'll whip people in shape like me and Maite. He will kick your ass. Yeah, he does that. An unofficial sponsor of the podcast now, <laughs> so I don't think he knows that, but he is. <laughs> you should be getting kickbacks. <laughs> just a little something. Just, just like extra training yeah, sessions. Just give me some, uh, some more muscle rope workouts. We'll exactly. be good. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. We all want to know how the hell you got sucked into this vortex of the service industry, Maite. What was your first job? Um. Well, my first job was at a... Uh, now defunct restaurants and not, that's always a good sign. Yeah. I actually, when I like quit there, I wanted to like go back and throw Molotov cocktails there. Nice. Um, it was called the Spanish kitchen and oh, it was on okay. La Cienega. Yes. And I'd first moved to Los Angeles and I was working as a hotel babysitter and, uh, running children's birthday parties at like one of those gymnastic places. And now I was is that like, an official hotel position, hotel babysitter? Yeah. They, thing? they have specific babysitting <gasps> companies uh-huh. that they hire out young ladies to babysit. It was the easiest job in the world. Wow. I, sh- I should have stayed with that. But, um, <laughs> I was like, Ugh, I want to be like in a, in a, in a really cool restaurant job. And I applied to the cheesecake factory and they turned me down and then, yeah, I don't... Uh. Can we start with that interview real quick? Because uh, as most people know, the Cheesecake Factory, the menu is, uh, I mean, just they have everything on the menu that you could want. It's a thousand pages long. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, not to mention all the advertisements that they have on yeah. the menus. I mean, you, you can go in there for pasta and get a discount at Victoria's Secret at the same time. You can. So, That's yeah. why I wanted to work there. I wanted the discount for Victoria's Secret. Who doesn't want that discount? I mean... Obviously, you're wearing some very lovely Victoria's Secret. Thank you. Yeah, I like to keep it real in the studio. So, <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's nice satin. It's got pink on the butt. Yes, it's uh, uh, it's juicy. It's juicy. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. It's pink. That's Victoria's oh, Secret's offering. Oh, see, I just gave myself away on that one. Did. Yeah, my wife's um, gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So I started. I tried to get a job at Cheesecake Factory. Didn't happen. Um, probably because I had no serving experience. And then through friends. Spanish Kitchen was opening, and they said, no, you're not going to serve. You're 22 years old and have no serving experience, but you could become a hostess. Right. Um, And I thought that was just the bee's knees. Um, And I was a hostess there, and our maitre d' quit the day before we opened, which just kind of shows you the dysfunctionality of the place that I was working at. Wow. Um, He didn't even give it a chance. He's like, I'm out of here. She was, she she was, she, yeah. And she was fed up. Um, It was, it was interesting. We had to, they didn't do family meal for us at, for a while they would give us like a little bit of a discount and then they stopped doing that. Then there was no family meal. Right. And um, I remember one day we noticed everybody kept losing weight. Um, because there was no family meal and they were charging us for like rice and beans. I was so thin working at a Mexican restaurant. I mean, it's kind of the LA thing to do is like starve your waitresses. 
Um, but you guys do realize that you could have eaten outside of the restaurant. At no, some we point. were there. I would get there at four in the afternoon to do the books because this was before open table, and okay. they were super overbooked. And then I would leave at like midnight. So. Wow. For a host scene shift, for, that's, yeah. that's long. It was terrible, yeah, and I made terrible money, and they kept saying they were going to move me up to waitress, and finally they got two new managers, and one of them finally pulled me aside, and he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. They're never going to let you waitress. At wh- how long had you been working there until he, you had found that out? Like six months. Okay. Like six or seven months. I didn't know. I knew nothing about the service industry. Right. So... Um, I told him that I was going to, and then right then one of the bartenders was like, I know they're hiring cocktail servers, uh, bar, bar back in the day when we used to do bottle service, they were hiring bottle service waitresses for a place called Ivar. So I was like, well, I'm going to leave in a fiery blaze of glory. And I told my managers, I was like, you know, I'm out, I'm getting a bottle service job and you've lied to me for so long. I feel like you guys all bent me over the hostess sands and gang ass raped me and I like left (laughs) and then I came back to get my paycheck I was like hi guys um remember me remember me that that whole thing yeah do I still get to drink for free across the street no shit um but that's pretty good though because Ivar at that time was the hopping spot it was was I like stumbled into this I my manager there is still one of my most favorite people in the world nice um yeah he was amazing so I stumbled into like this hip happening thing where I think my dad thought I was a drug dealer because I because I would be like making like a thousand dollars a night he's like you're either a drug dealer or a prostitute and I'm like no I'm just handing people liquor yeah that's it I don't, is, e- I don't even have the boobs to be a stripper, so <laughs> there was there was no illicit cash happening. It was crazy. But that is insane, a thousand dollars. That was a good wow. night, a okay. mediocre night. Oh, I, I say this now. I'm like a mediocre night was four hundred. You were like, I can't believe I got to work at ten and left at two thirty for four hundred dollars. This sucks. I would pray to have mediocre nights now. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I just have a mediocre night, please. No, I'm like, please, just don't throw food at me. Don't <laughs> scream at me. Um, yeah. So it was. That was really cool, and that was one of those places that I was. We were really lucky. We got, you know, really protected. Raúl definitely watched out for us and kept an eye out for us, which is so unheard of, I guess. Right. From what I knew of other girls in like bottle service jobs, um, yeah, he was pretty amazing. And do the, you remember any of the people you work with at Ivar, like security guys or? Oh, I do, and they were all hilarious and amazing. And did you wonderful. work? Anybody named Dennis Wood? Yes, I did. Yeah, well, another shout out to an unofficial sponsor, White Tiger Kung Fu. Uh, Dennis Wood is one of my instructors yeah. at White Tiger. So that's so cool. <laughs> nice. Yay. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have horror stories for Ivar. I should. I have horror stories of like the customers that came in, but right. know, the people I worked with were amazing. I do remember though, like the times that would come in and you knew the people at your table were drug dealers. You just knew it. Right. Like the amount of hundreds that they had and just their whole aura. But like every time you would go over to their table and bring them like orange juice, you'd be like, thanks, and hand me a hundred. And I'd be like, Okay. And that's when I was just like, well, you know what? I don't think, I, I think the say no to drugs thing and like the war 
on drugs. I don't know, because it's really keeping my economy going. <laughs> it's paying like, my rent. I know. I was like, go sell some drugs to some kids because I just made rent tonight. <laughs> so Now, let me ask you, because people, when they have bottle service, they kind of have like their own booth mm-hmm. or table. Are you walking into any sort of like weird situations? Yes. Like were people doing drugs at the table? No, they- just like horrible, horribly unattractive people having sex. And that repeatedly. Does, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was always never the people you wanted to see having sex. Right. It was always those people that you're like, huh? Yeah. What? In case people are wondering, like, if they're unattractive before the sex, during the sex, they're definitely still unattractive. So. And it wasn't yeah. even, well, first of all, no, I, I don't find it attractive watching anybody have sex in public. So it could have been like Giselle Bunchton and. <laughs> Tom Brady and I'd still be like, oh, it's gross. Um, but it was more so that it was gross because these booths, nobody sees it. It's really dark in there. Okay. But nobody sees it before you we show up to the shift when it's not dark in there. And the booths have stains on them and they're held together by masking tape near the end once the club starts losing its popularity. Right. They don't get stuff reupholstered. And like the carpet's sticky from all the mixers. And so for me, it was always just like, you're having sex on like a booth that probably has like six other people's like bodily juices on it. And like, yeah. I, I mean, there's booths I wouldn't even sit on because I was scared I'd get pregnant just, <laughs> just from sitting down. It was so nasty. And then they would have like swingers parties there. Oh, come on. Yeah. So, I stopped working though, because I just couldn't. So we're talking about it's like a definite CSI crime scene at all of these booths and, and bottle service tables. It was absolutely a CSI crime <laughs> scene. It was like a CSI New York, Miami, and the Vegas one all oh, together crime scene. <laughs> you like literally saw like the sperm crawling along the booth. Not really. Oh man. But I bet with a black light that would have been pretty cool. Pretty much. Oh yeah. yeah so just imagine that the next time you go to a hip happening club in vegas make sure your shorty shorts cover so when you yeah i think that's gonna stop me from going out anywhere now (laughs) it's so good it's like upholstery like we don't clean it we clean they like went after it with some windex yeah it's usually just like a a rag with hot water on it yeah so yeah, and it's not even a clean rag. It's the end of the night rag that you pretty wiped the bar One that's already in the bin. In the service well that you're just like, oh, we haven't cleaned this, any of this for like years. I wouldn't even drink any of the stuff there because, yeah. But I still love Raul. Right. So I don't, I don't want to put him down. No, but that's an interesting thing, though, because after seeing what we know now, like I'm even wary about, you know, drinking from glassware at, at restaurants or bars, even though you know it's washed. But even still, like I can see why people want to drink more out of straws than just drink out of the actual glass. Yeah, except for the fact that you drink out of a straw once and then it goes into the trash and then it goes into that Pacific garbage thing. And you know that garbage hole vortex in the Pacific Ocean? Oh, that's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, that's why I can't deal with straws in restaurants. That's actually my pet peeve. I'm like, I'd rather just like get Ebola. <laughs> Drink <laughs> out of a pollute straw. the environment. And pollute the environment. <laughs> I always like it where I work now. I, it's so weird to me when grown women and you were saying like you would rather drink out of a straw, but like when grown people are like, I need a straw. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you don't. Right. But I, mean, I also have no fear of 
highly contagious diseases. Maybe that's the thing we need to do. We need to come up with some sort of like biodegradable straw. They have them. Really? Yeah. And there's also this woman came to our restaurant and they have um, steel reusable straws. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I would always lose it. So I would probably just be adding to more crap. (laughs) Dumping more steel into the ocean. I would be dumping steel into the ocean instead. (laughs) The oceans are <laughs> covered in steel. We need to put a stop to this. It's stop. ridiculous. My day is not allowed to use straws <laughs> at all. Okay, so you've been making bunches of money at, uh-huh. at the Ivar. Uh-huh. That place goes downhill. Very quickly. Like, it, what kind of time? Well, I mean, here? it was one of those things. I think I was there for eight months, and that's when it was like we were sponsored by Von Dutch and then Dickies, and then we got bought. I got to stop you right there. I'm sorry. Okay, so at that time, Von Dutch was. Pretty much the coolest. The label of the douche at that time. Yes. And so you get you're you're sponsored by them. So does that mean everybody's wearing the hats or? Oh no, we were not just wearing hats. We were wearing Von Dutch like apparel. Do you remember in the '90s when they were like doing no 2000s? You'd get like a Von Dutch shirt, and then they would have those guys that would come in and like do all that like scissoring stuff to the back of the shirts and like tie them up. So would have like like, certain designs on. Yeah, and then like do the corseting for the stuff. So we had like the specific scissor guy come in and do the shirts for all the girls and we had hip huggers and um i was very proud of myself because i couldn't walk in the hooker boots um so i got i came into work one day with i was wearing like a mini skirt actually i was i never did the uniform well i'd be like i'm gonna wear a schoolgirl shirt instead (laughs) and he was like that's fine it's still fetishizing you (laughs) Um, but I couldn't walk in the hooker boots, so I started wearing boys' baseball socks pulled up to my knees, and I found these Doc Martens, like, lace-up Doc Martens that had a little bit of a platform on them. Okay. And they had, like, a steel toe. And our boss was like, ooh, that's so sexy, and you look so cool. And I was like, I'm so comfortable, and I have a steel toe to kick people out of my way. That helps. Yeah. I mean, because you'd be walking through a club carrying stuff, and guys would think it'd be really funny to try to tickle you. And the, the bouncers would always get in and be like, don't worry about, get out of the way. I'd be like, don't worry, I've got it. And I'd like literally kick some poor douchebag nice. in the chin with a steel toe. That does not feel good. No. No. <laughs> but it felt really good to me. I was like, yes, I'm so angry. That, that, ugh, that just like drives me nuts of that guy's like, they, they think that they can just reach out and touch the girls who work there. Right. Because yeah. they're spending money. Yeah. So they think that they almost own you to some extent. I guess so. It never really worked with me because of my boots. <laughs> You've been known as the boot girl. I was known as the kicking girl. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that that's maybe why I didn't work in VIP very long. Um, but, yeah, so it went downhill a little bit. And I also just got so sick of being out in the in the melee. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start bartending. But they already had their bartenders there. So I started bartending at the key club uh-huh. during yes. steel Panther, which used to be called, what was it called before steel Panther metal school? Yes. So yeah. I, I like went from the height of douchebaggery to like <laughs> the second pinnacle of douchebaggery. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was pretty I remember going to see them, uh, they were at the Viper Room at that time. Uh-huh. So that was a while ago. But yeah. And yeah. then they went to Key Club, and then they went to House of Blues. Yes. It seemed like they had a very distinct following that would be at the show every Monday night. Yes. And I would see the show, and I liked it the first time, and then people were going to go again. I'm like, it's the same show. It's the exact <laughs> it's same, same show. It's the same show. And it's ruined certain songs 
because like certain songs they always had like quips during it like they'd be like where do you go where do we go and then like I remember like we'd be pouring drinks and we'd be like backstage and he'd be like backstage and then he's like into her vagina we'd all be like into her vagina that's where that's where we go yeah it was it's the exact and kudos to them because they packed the house and they did the exact same thing and they were actually really good musicians right and they did the exact same thing every Monday night like I would have blown my brains out maybe not I think they made a lot of money um, they probably did and it's almost like they were a Vegas show but just playing smaller venues yeah so exactly they're a Vegas type show exactly but it was funny because one time I was doing a show at the improv here in Hollywood mm-hmm. and the lead singer from Steel Panther was mm-hmm. there looking exactly the same and he was in the audience just hanging out really yes oh no <laughs> like um this isn't your venue why why are you still dressed like that but i guess that's what he does no like, yeah oh the Exa- lead guy the, the, the guy with the blonde hair yes, yes. Yeah. the other guys it's all like wigs and stuff when you okay. see them i remember seeing them a few times and being like that's a totally different human being but yeah, yeah the, the lead, lead guy, guy. That, exactly the thing. same, like same outfit. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe he just got off rehearsal. I don't know, but no, it was I think weird. that was his thing. <laughs> I think that was that's like, all he. Owns. That was his dream, and he <laughs> held on to it. And he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I will say, anybody watching that show repeatedly, they they did a great job. I just I. I, after you see it so many times it's gotta be like come right on. right yeah. and after you see the number of girls who think they're like so cute and taking their shirts off and um that's original it's so <laughs> original um yeah it was and the people like just at first it's really fun but then you would like get a lot of like especially around spring break and summer you get like those frat boy dudes and i'm not i'm always when i was the at the cocktail server like I was really cute but I would wear like knee socks and and motorcycle boots and like um wife beaters and a torn up jean skirt right or when I was bartending you know at the key club they definitely had their types and mine was a little bit more kind of not punk rock but I was just a little bit less like big boobies and short skirts and everything. Like if I was wearing, like we always had to wear black. So one day all the girls were like, oh, let's wear corsets. And I wore like a black corset and then like baggy pants because that was just my thing. And so I was like a really laid back bartender. Like I didn't have an attitude and I wasn't, you know, bitchy and whatever. I was just kind of like more there to observe and it's fun and easy money. But working those Monday nights with the frat boys, I had one guy... Um, and I'd been there for a while and I was getting very comfortable. Probably. How long at this point? Oh, who knows? Probably a year. Okay. Um, I was getting a little, probably too comfortable in my job and this guy <laughs> kept coming over and we were slammed and he kept coming over. Um, and I, he was one of those guys that'd be like, make it strong or, and it's like a Long Island IT, iced tea, make it strong. I'm like, it's all fucking liquor, dude. Yeah. Like it's all liquor. I don't know what... But it's like one of those dudes. And then we're just like, you know when people like, you, I'm sure you know, when they like stick their hand out and they they do their finger like the come here move. Right. So all night long he kept doing that to me. And I have no idea where this came out of me because I am not that girl. Like there'd be other girls that would be like way sexier and blah, 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 blah. And I walked, he, he kept doing that to me and kept doing that to me. 
And finally, I walked over to him and I just like slammed my hands down and I said, unless you're doing that on my clit, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> and walked away. And I was like, whoa, I'm so proud of myself. Who am and I? He is like face turned white and he like just <laughs> went away and like only ordered from the other bar. So I was worried. That was one of my big proud moments of like. Just stop. Leave me alone. I was just going to ask you where the bathroom was. I was just, yeah, just going to tell you you looked so pretty. <laughs> I was just going to say I'm having a seizure and I needed help. I don't know. But that is another thing, though, because I have bartended at plenty of places and everybody's always doing that. Like, make it strong. Hook me up. Like, even now, like, I'll have people at my tables. Like, they'll get a vodka martini and they'll be like, oh, this tastes weak. I'm like, what are you talking about? It is all, it is clear. It's, it's clear alcohol. Yeah. It, well, we added an olive in there, so that little <laughs> bit of olive juice is taking up a little bit Ooh. of room. Yeah, yeah, that, it, that is three ounces of pure alcohol. When people say make a martini strong, I usually want to just like hand them an AA card <laughs> and be like, "We might have to have a like, better um, discussion." So you want it without the glass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just want me to pour? <laughs> open your mouth. Open your mouth. <laughs> oh, people are crazy. So. Okay, so you're bouncing out of the key club at some point. Besides, all right, so you did Steel Panther. What were the other nights like? Were you doing like, was there hip-hop nights? Like, there was like hip-hop nights. nights. There was dance nights. There was metal nights. Those were fun. Interesting. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was hip-hop nights. There was a couple like fun Grammy nights. We Oh, we, um, we always did a party before the Grammy. We did like a lot of parties before the Grammys and stuff like that. And that would be cool. We had one where they were, um, the liquor sponsored us. And it was a big Grammy party. And I'm not going to say who it was for because I feel really bad. It's okay. Um, I'm sure they don't listen to the podcast. I'm sure they don't. Okay. <laughs> I think it was Bacardi sponsoring it. And I, it, it was for The Roots. And it was during all of the problems that were happening in Darfur. Okay. Um, so there was this really huge group of people coming in. They were raising money for, for the crisis in Darfur. Nice. And we were getting set up. Um, we had to get there early cause we were making specific cocktails for, um, the night sponsored by Bacardi and they had different names on all of the cocktails. And first of all, I like got in and I was talking to one of the bartenders and she's like, what's star four? And I was like, um, really? Have you ever listened to the news? No. Okay. So I was explaining to her the crisis in Darfur and then they hand us the list of cocktails and I swear to God. Uh, one of them was called the Big Darfur. And I was like, um, so are we garnishing this with like machetes and small children's arms? And then like all night long, the bar back and I were like, what about a Pol Pot Pina Colada? Or like a KKK Kamikaze? Like what, who in the liquor company was like, let's for this, charity event that we're raising right. for this mass genocide let's name and i think the cocktail was actually red let's name a red cocktail the big darfur yeah that's definitely gonna help raise awareness <laughs> it's gonna raise a lot of awareness for people dying in sudan wow so. kind of sounds like bacardi had a contest for cocktails and they had like nationwide we're gonna yeah. have this event come up with a cocktail and a name and we'll use it at the event. And we'll use it at the yeah. event. It's like, oh, I don't even want to know. It, it just spiraled out of control that <laughs> night. I just, and the fact is like, I, the fact that I could come up with so many names in relation to like genocide and tragedies with alcohol was also really disturbing. So 
that's that's my but you're story. a creative person so, i'm a creative yeah. person and i was stuck behind a bar for a very long time yeah so that's a lot of creativity comes from that like exactly. you're stuck in one area anger yes manifests itself in creativity there we go um but yeah but then i i had to get out of the bar scene there's only so long that you can be around that much drunken awfulness yeah you just you start shutting down inside so i went to restaurants and that's a whole nother beast so okay you get out of that you're not bartending you're in restaurants so did you go to serving right away after that? No, I I actually left and went to culinary school. Yeah, don't, yeah. Um, Hence and, the La Cordon Bleu on your Facebook page, yes, correct? Yes, exactly. So I went to culinary school, and then while in culinary school, I, I booked a series. So I was like in school and shooting right when I was finishing, like graduation, I was shooting the series. And then the series was on for like a hot sneeze in a second. Um, what series? It was called Quarter Life. Um, it was the guys from um, my so-called Marshall Herskovitz and Ed Zwick. Oh, nice! From Ed, uh, my so-called life yeah. and Thirty Something. Um, it was a great show. It was a little before its time. It was a web series that that got bumped to NBC, but we were kind of strike fodder. But anyway, um, but I made some money off of that and didn't have to go into the service industry right away again. Good. And then one day I woke up and I was like, I have three months of money to live off of and that's it and then I am super screwed so I started panicking um I'd been out of the service industry for so long and I didn't want to go back into the bar industry so I was actually at lunch with uh, a friend of mine she was like we should go to this restaurant um which is where I am now and she was like we should go to this restaurant and you I think what she's like I really love the manager there and you'd love the food there and it's a really cool low-key group of people to work for and I just kind of like bullied them into giving me a job (laughs) I was just like no you should hire me they're like we're really not hiring right now and I was like but I'm so charming while you were eating there kind of I was like can I give you my resume and then I just kept calling them and I just kept showing up for shifts that nobody else would and I was like so I should get a job here and they're like I guess so. I think I didn't have a lot of like waitressing experience, but I had wine experience and I had food experience right. because of, so there, I was the only waiter I think they've ever had that they were like, didn't have to teach a menu to. Oh, nice. I could pick it up yeah. so quickly. Now, did you finish at um, culinary school? I did. Okay. I did. Um, so I finished and then I was trying to figure out if I wanted to go into like personal chefing or what I wanted to do and instead I ended up being a very overqualified waiter. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good because so many are not. I mean like I'm that waiter that the the chefs hate because I'm like that the plate doesn't look it's yeah that's not plated properly and they're like get the fuck out of my kitchen. (laughs) Go away. I'm like take some pride in your work. Yeah we're gonna need a garnish on that. Yeah and I'm like take some pride in your work. They're like we're getting paid $12 an hour and you're walking out with $200 so shut up. I'm like oh yeah right. So. Uh, The constant battle between. I know it's such a bummer. The cook and the front of house staff. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I hate it. I I understand it but I always like don't want it to be there. I know. For so so long as it has been. I know it doesn't well they don't get paid enough. I mean, and yeah, it's it. And a lot of times you don't work with good managers. Like we work with good managers that are that try to make sure that 
they understand we're on the same team. Right. But a lot of places you'll work, you know, they kind of pit you guys against each other and um, back of house staff thinks you're wimps anyway. So they don't understand that like, well, they always think, too, that whatever request that we're making for a table, that we're just making it based up for ourselves. And right. I'm like, no, they the customer wants it. Yeah. We're just and yeah, we're just making this up just to right. piss them off. Like just it's it's my goal every shift I have to just piss off the pasta cooks. No, not yeah. at all. And I work at a place that really doesn't allow substitutions and modifications anyway. Awesome. So awesome to that. Well, we still allow some. But yes. And it's so funny because customers don't understand that. Um, and then the kitchen, when we do have minor modifications, gets really mad. And I'm like, you're not even having to figure out how to make like an egg white omelet with gluten-free <laughs> pancake mitt. I mean, like we're not even doing, I'm sure, what some bullshit requests places right. people get. Um, so I feel like everybody should just like calm down but that's one thing that's been like something we've talked about on this show many many times with all kinds of guests that i've had and customers think they can order whatever they want that pretty much it's their personal chef that they can make you get them whatever they want because they're like oh you know you can make that happen you know you can do something like that right and I, i've never understood that. and i used to honestly i think i was a bit of a substitutor i was a bit of a finickier substitute put this on the side before i went to culinary school um, and now I have like such understanding, but I think people don't understand that. Yes, it's, it's not, they're not your personal chefs. Mm -hmm. And also like if we specialize in pasta, why do you think that this guy is going to be able to make like scrambled eggs and, um, quiche out of like nothing that we have and do it well right. like th it doesn't make sense this there's a well-oiled machine here and asking people to go off menu and that's what i try to explain to people when they're like but why can't you just do that and i'm like well asking them to go off menu it's not something that they do you know 50 60 70 times a day so we really can't guarantee how good it's going to taste and then you're going to complain about it and write about it on yelp that you hated the chop suey that you ordered from an Italian restaurant. So like, <laughs> this is why we, we suggest you stay on the menu. Yeah. Just stick to the map that's St in front of you. Stick okay? to the map. We've got Don't veer so off that much map. food on this map. Don't veer off that map. I know. Right? You're going to end up somewhere in the Everglades and it's not going to be nice. No, you're going to end up lost in the Everglades. And it always happens too. Cause I've had that as well, where they order something we unfortunately let them do it, and then they get it, and they're like, oh, I don't like this. Exactly. I'm like, well, that's $35 worth of food that you just wasted. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, it's a power thing, I think, in LA. It's this whole idea of uh, I can get whatever I want to get right. whenever and I want I it. I think what people should understand, too, that everything that's on the menu, that's the stuff that we are buying for inventory. Yeah. Okay? A anything that you see there. Yeah. That's what we're purchasing. Yeah. If you don't see it, we don't have it in the kitchen. We it's don't. not in the walk-in. We're not running over to Ralph's. We're not calling Pink Dot to make a delivery for no. us. Nothing like that. We're not Costco. No. We don't just have stuff hanging <laughs> around in freezers. Right. We don't have a freezer. We have a freezer for our ice cream, which is actually really great. If you go into a restaurant and they don't have a walk-in freezer, that means everything's fresh. Super fresh. Yeah, that's great. But you have to explain it to people. You're like, I just don't have breaded chicken frozen in 
the back freezer. Right. Sorry. So, it's not going to happen. There are plenty happen. of restaurants that can accommodate that. Yeah. We are not one of them. We're not one of them. And yeah. then I feel like such a snob being like, you're stupid. Go <laughs> away. <laughs> but it's true. Just, yeah. It doesn't matter. Just own the snobbery. I know. You, I, like you have sometimes. to do it with like a big old smile. Um, but yeah, it becomes such a, I've become such a snob now when I, with diners and, and you can't, you can't let that happen because I also am a snob as an eater because I've been a server. Like we were out the other day and our waiter, I hate it when people clean the plates too quickly, but when everything's like pushed over to the edge of the table and there's like nobody else in the restaurant, um, and you still don't pick up the plates. Yeah. That's I, the sign right there. I was like, like I was, and I was telling my mom, I was like, that's just laziness. And she's like, shh, you do this. And I was like, fine. Okay. Them. Let me ask you this real quick. All right. You have a party of six. Yeah. One person is done eating. Everybody else is still going at it. I, do you clear that plate? I leave their plate unless they stick their napkin on top of it because that means they're like super American and want their plate out of the way. Right. But I like, I work at a, uh, an Italian place. So we get, we get actually a lot of like off the boat Europeans and they get really insulted if you take a plate when everybody else is still eating. Yes. I just kind of like feel out the table. Yeah. But that's the, I I think the consensus that everybody should be done eating first and then you take their plates. Yeah. Because if you start pulling plates, it makes the person who's like the slower eater, who is always me, (laughs) feel like I'm holding everybody up. And wouldn't you, and it's also makes more sense as a server because if you're going to leave plates and people eat more slowly, so they'll drink more quickly. Yeah. So they'll order more wine. I, like I've never understood that in LA people push food out so quickly. I, I've been in situations where I'm like, man, I'm a server. And like, I would have waited to get our entrees because we would have ordered another bottle of wine, but because our entrees came so quickly, we're not going to get another bottle of yeah. wine. That's a good point though. Like you should, Slow it down just a little bit so you yeah. can make more wine sales. Yeah, so you can. I mean, there's 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 a whole secret thing of us being really nice and giving you time. But right. I hate to say this, guys. We're, there's a reason we're trying to jack up the check price. So we want you to buy another hundred and sixty dollar bottle of wine. Right. <laughs> so I don't sell hundred and sixty dollar bottles of wine, but I'd be really happy if they did. Occasionally, it can happen. Occasionally, yeah. no, it Occasionally can, happen. can happen. At our place, we we have those. But and look, I'm not gonna push either. Like I hate when people. Um, that's oh, that's one of my pet peeves. When and I really love the workplace that I work now because, you know, they want you to. Obviously, if a wine is a little bit more expensive that you love, right? You know, tell people, but also give up people another option that's less expensive. Um, I hated it when you would work in like super, super corporate paces that are like upsell everything because I can see right through it. And then again, there's like, if you're not upselling the whole meal, but then you're like, but this like $16 glass of wine is like amazing. Right. People will listen to you. There's yeah. so much psychology. I never that. understood that at the corporate places. I used to work at a corporate place. Um, don't anymore. It's Riva Bella up on Sunset. Oh yeah. And, uh, could have been great, but uh, I think uh, the problem was like they when they see they want to turn the table so quickly, like you need to turn that table. I'm like, I can't go over there and just turn the plate over and dump the food in their mouth. Yeah, like people are spending money here, a lot of money there. So if they're going to be here a little bit longer, that as long as they're not here 
past closing, I'm pretty okay with it. You know, like I don't want people to camp out, you know, when we're well past closing, right. but if they're dining and spending money, yeah. I don't want to get them out of here because we have like five of the tables that need to get sat. Right. And that's, that's just mismanagement on their part. It's usually because they're like it's reservation. Overbooked. Yeah. And it's overbooked and the res- and that's so, cause it, that's setting everybody up for failure yeah. because people are going to complain about being rushed and look, if you're in a diner, Yes, you should be in and out in 45 Pretty minutes. Pretty much, yeah. But The absolutely. food's also coming out faster Yeah, at that but place. like Reva Bella, when your entrees were starting at what, 30? Yeah, at, yeah, at least. That's embarrassing. I feel like I should like go in and take over corporate restaurants and be like, you guys don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Can you, can you just walk over to that place like after here? And just I am <laughs> in my like little penguin tube top dress. I'm going to be like, you here. don't know what yeah. you're doing. I do. Just be like walking there. So um, Joey was telling me, and they'll be like, who? <laughs> Joey's on You know Joey? Oh, the guy who used to work lunches? Yeah, guy, that guy. Okay. That guy? Oh, well, I'm an expert because I just did his podcast. So, so and he called cre- you out. There's my credentials. <laughs> One podcast. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about the customers, to, like getting the ego trip, having too much power. Yes. You were kind of telling me about some customers going a little bit crazy. Oh, yes. Okay, I have some so crazy So talk customers. about a power trip. Okay, well, so what you're telling me here. Yeah. yeah let's I get have, into that. So I work in a restaurant that I'm sure people, if they listen to this, might be able to figure it out. Um, but I actually really love where I work. So it's not, I'm not. We're throwing, not going to trash it. No, no, I'm not throwing them under the bus. But I work at a very, um, like, kind of strict Southern Italian restaurant. No substitutions, no modifications. We don't give you cheese with seafood. We don't give you balsamic vinegar with olive oil. And we don't cut our pizzas because. You tear it. And no, in Naples, right? you people fork and knife it. Okay. So some people like it's really interesting because you get Italians and people will be like, I've been to Italy and they cut my pizza. And then like there's an Italian dude next to them who's like off the boat Italian who's fork and knifing it because the way they look at it in Italy is pizza is usually something that's very individual and really good pizzas are thin. So sometimes the crusts get little bit soggy okay because you're using really high grade mozzarella that has a lot of liquid in it um but the italians look at it as like if we went somewhere and ordered a a cheeseburger and it came out into bite-sized pieces we'd be like really grossed out because people like to cut their cheeseburger in half or eat the cheeseburger the whole way it's your it's it's your castle do what you will with (laughs) it So the Italians, that's the way they feel about pizza. And some of them slice it, but some of them fork and knife like a steak. I have I fork and knife it now sometimes. Um, I just prefer to eat that way. Um, so there, there's a very specific reason. And also we use um, a lot of really nice cheeses. And if we like took a pizza wheel, it would go all into one side. And there's, there's a it. myriad okay. of reasons that we do it. And it makes sense. But it's like the biggest deal in the world for people that we don't cut their pizza and we even say it on the menu we don't cut your pizza um we give you a knife and a fork and people are always stumped first of all they're like how do i i just um and i've i have to like fork and knife it and there's been like one or two times where like i had somebody with parkinson's so i like took it to right there's certain right extenuating we, circumstances we, we cut it for them but, but i can just imagine like how many times you get this they, and, they say and, that they forgot to cut the pizza yeah they're always like so and they like lift my favorite is they lift the pizza off the plate like you can't see and it they're like <laughs> they forgot to cut the pizza and i'm like well we actually don't cut the pizza um and i give the whole spiel 
And then my favorite is like girls that just stare at me stupidly and they're like, but how am I supposed to eat it? I'm like, cut the pizza. I usually go across and across. Um, and usually they'll be like sitting next to a table where there's a seven-year-old cutting his own pizza. Oh, awesome. That's the best part is like there's a little seven-year-old who's like, yeah, no shit. I know that they don't <laughs> cut the pizza here. And they're like cutting the pizza and eating like grilled squid. I'm like, I love you. Um, but people get really, really angry about the pizza. And we also, um, because we do, everything's fresh and we do um, no frozen pizzas. We can't reheat the pizza once it's been cut into because, like, the cheese and the sauce will go into our 700-degree pizza oven and burn it. Yep. Um, so we had a customer who one night they were, first of all, incredibly upset that we would not cut the pizza for them. And then um, they were really upset that we wouldn't give them parmesan for the pizza and we don't use we use a grano padano which actually okay. makes the mozzarella taste sour and i always explain i'm like i've done the experiment and it does it tastes crappy um but it was like and we didn't give them balsamic vinegar and we weren't going to give them parmesan for their seafood pasta and then finally like our it was one of our waiters who's like so sweet but kind of clueless and he not yeah and he goes over and they're like we need you to reheat the pizza and he's like, I'm sorry, we can't reheat the pizza because you've cut into it. Do you guys want to get a different one? Like, we just can't. It was just one of those problem tables. Right. And it kept going. And they were getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And so the guy walks away. And, like, this other guy, like, pulls aside somebody else and is, is like, tell your off-the-boat waiter. And we were just like, oh, no. And then so that waiter came back and was like, excuse me, sir. And he was like... He was like, blah, blah, I want my, do you know who I am? I'm going to get my pizza reheated, blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, he looked at him, he goes, I'm going to remember your face. And he goes, if you ever come into Cedars in the ER, I'm a doctor and I'm going to let you die. And the waiter was like, over pizza? (laughs) And we like physically had to like extricate this guy from the restaurant because we wouldn't reheat his pizza. And he he threatened death over pizza. There's so many problems <laughs> that are going on right there. First of all, the, that an ER doctor, they do think that they're God. Yes. <laughs> Second, the fact that a doctor couldn't cut his own pizza exactly. makes me worry. That he I, would, don't, I don't want him operating on me anyway. I don't either. <laughs> if he can't cut a pizza. Exactly. If you can't cut pizza, don't touch stay me. Stay away That's from the fine. scalpel. No I'm, scalpels for you. I'm going to stay away from it. Right. Yeah. I was like expecting his pizza to be like the most beautifully cut pizza I've ever seen. Exactly. Like he brings in his own like pizza scalpel. Everything's so proportionate. (laughs) It's like everybody gets the exact same amount. Right. You come back, his pizza's augmented with boobs and random plastic (laughs) surgery. It's gotten Botox. (laughs) Like, hmm. Is this the LA pizza? This is the LA pizza. It's got big trout lips. Um, But the whole reheating thing, so obviously the pizza had been sitting there for a while. Yeah, because they'd been sitting there and talking and getting drunk. Um, Okay, that's another thing too right there. When people talk, let their food sit and don't think that, yeah, of course it's going to get cold. And then they think that it's our fault. Oh, you brought me something cold. No. No. We brought you it 20 minutes ago. It's physics. Yeah. It, it, is it physics? I think it's physics. I don't know. It, yeah, Definitely it, something it, from the science category. It's, yeah. it's a science thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you know that smoke escaping from it? That's steam. And that steam that is escaping is the yeah, heat going releasing. away. <laughs> so maybe shut up and eat your food. I hate it. 
I hate when people do that. And it also grosses me out. Like, cold food's gross. Well, the other thing, too, is people need to understand that most restaurants do not have microwaves. No! No microwave. This is not the 80s. Okay, what is this thought there's process? no hungry man no. Uh, dinners, no TV dinners that were heating up. I mean, there's no microwaves in the back. And if there was, you should run. Like, if if we're like, sure, let's just go stick in the microwave, you should get the hell yeah. out of there. You don't want it. No. Want and it. and when you reheat things properly, if they have to do it, they, they're not, re- guys, they're not reheating your food because if we reheat it, we overcook it and you complain about it. So we have to make a whole new plate yeah. of food. It's not being reheated. It's, you know, same with people are like, can't you just throw the pasta back in the pan for a few minutes? I'm like, no, because it's going to get overcooked and, plus, and you're going to return it. Plus you've already eaten from it. So you're going to contaminate mm-hmm. whatever we're bringing back into the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. There are health issues that we have to think about here. People like there this. are. There's the health inspector. Yes. There's and, things called hepatitis. And that's why you can't bring in outside food or drink, because if you hand me a coffee cup that you brought in from Starbucks and you give it to me, you could be handing me your hepatitis. Look at you. Somebody thank, just passed their serve safe. Thank you. for. You want to see my certificate? I would love yes. to see your certificate. <laughs> I should hang it here in the studio proudly. You should. <laughs> oh, serve safe. Oh. Yeah. People don't get... I mean, it, we're not... Oh, my other favorite is that we have booths in the restaurant. Um, we're not your living room. Don't... Put your dirty ass shoes on our booth. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. I. I. I mean, it's just. I, it's not your house. Like, don't put your dirty ass feet on the. And I've seen people try to do it on chairs and like if they're sitting outside, they like put it up on the edge of the table outside. Right. It's so disgusting. I kind of want to be like, would you do that at your mother's house? That's kind of. I think they would. They probably would. But one thing that's been getting me, and I want to ask you this, because uh, you're a girl. Where do you put your purse when you go in and you're sitting at a booth? Because I'm having a lot of trouble. Like, if I'm in a booth and there's a chair, mm-hmm. like, by the booth where, like, it's a party of four, two people are sitting in the booth, two people are in chairs. Mm-hmm. People will put their purse on the side of the booth right next to the other person who's sitting in the chair. And now that's in my way of trying to get in and serve them or take yeah. stuff. Where do you put your purse? I always try to because I carry a monstrosity of a purse. <laughs> Um, I try to just put it in the most out of way possible. And if worse comes to worse, um, I'll stick it, especially if I'm sitting on a chair or in a booth, I'll stick it behind my back. So it's up against the booth. So I'm uncomfortable, but at least like <laughs> nobody else, it's, it's not in right. anybody else's way. Cause yeah, it's, I mean, it's my choice to carry basically luggage. It shouldn't get into everybody right. else's Well, I also way. work at a hotel restaurant too. So speaking of luggage, people will put their luggage oh, if they've no. already checked out, like right by yeah. the table. And after a while, I was like, you know what? Just check can it at just, the front. Yeah, can you just go check that bag? Cause you're not, I'm sure yeah. you're not working at like the days in. I'm sure no, you're working at a nice, nice hotel. enough hotel yeah. that they'll, they'll watch your luggage and they won't steal from it. Right. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you paid five hundred dollars a night to stay here. Yeah, I think we can do without stealing your luggage. Exactly. Oh God. Yeah, I. I yeah, people. And my, what about phones? This drives me nuts too. Is we, where I work, uh, the two tops are are very small, so space is really at a premium. And I hate bringing plates of food to the table, and I'm like readjusting the table because there's like two iPhones and a BlackBerry. <laughs> And an iPad. 
like all right there. And I'm like, wow, you guys must be really bored with each other. Yeah. You have to keep your phones like that, that prominently in front of you. And like, then people get really weird if you like try to move their phone. Don't touch that. And I'm like, I'm not going to steal it. I just (laughs) didn't want to put boiling molten cheese on it. Sorry. So I'm just going to cover it. Let's, um, there should be some sort of like etiquette or at least, um, some sort of, I don't know, pamphlet, if you will, like to tell people like, we don't want your cell phone right in front of you mm-hmm. because that's where the food's going to go. Exactly. Before that, that's where probably the drink's going to go. Right. So don't put your cell phone right there. Nope. Um, we should right. make one of those things that they give you that you have to read on the plane, like with the illustrated pictures, <laughs> the safety instruction yeah. on like how to go out to eat. And you can be like, no food, like no phone. My it's favorite, a good idea. My favorite would be like, put a zero, I mean, put a, like a no tip means like no going out. Like if you can't afford to tip. Right, then forget it. Don't go out. You can't afford to go out. Just saying. So. Have you seen, I don't know if you've like seen some of these like random uh, receipts on the internet. Um, some of them like have uh, been servers. Okay, what happened? It was like an $88 bill. And the lady paid with her credit card. And in the tip line, she wrote, uh, mother of two can't tip. But she spent $88 on the meal. And if you look at her meal, like, you know, she had alcohol and, you know, an appetizer and an entree. But she writes that she can't tip because she's a mother of two. What about the mother who's serving her? I know. What about so, the mother of two who's, like, handing your yeah. food? Yeah. I, I don't understand it. This, like, whole idea that you're better than your server. Um, which is just crazy to me because I've also, I mean, when I, when I worked at the Spanish kitchen, some of our bussers, um, had had really, really good jobs in Mexico and lost them. They were like, one of them was an accountant or stuff like that. And they'd left to come to America to, to make money cause he was supporting his entire family wow. yeah. and nobody knew like how intelligent he was. And they just, you know, were so dismissive of him and people can be like that with your servers. You don't know these people's stories. I mean, you don't know, look, I'm not going to medical school and I'm not going to save your life, but there are people I know that who are servers putting themselves through med school or putting themselves through, you know, PhD programs and it's just a means to an end, right. you know? So I, I don't understand this whole... Well, especially here in Los Angeles <clears> where, <throat> of course, most of the service here are in the entertainment business, are aspiring yes. actors, directors, writers. But most of us do have degrees, and not yeah. all the degrees are in theater. No, nope. well, mine are. So, mine too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but people have studied. I mean, at least there's a degree. I mean, so there's a certain level of education that yeah. a lot of the people who work in the service industry do have but it is so dismissed just because we're telling you what the daily specials are. Right. Yeah. And and the irony is, is like if you've been a server long enough and if you're a good server, I think you basically have a degree in psychology without yeah. even knowing it. Cause you're just watching people all yeah. the time and people just think we're so, we're so stupid. And I'm like, I'm, I, I could just basically tell you every issue you have right now just by the way you ordered, but I'm not going to do it. Right, and I've written about this on the blog many times. Like, we're not just your server. We're also your photographer, your therapist. Oh, I know. Uh, your mixologist. Yeah. Uh, your, your sommelier. Mm-hmm. Uh, your allergist. Your, oh, that's my favorite. So there are so many. Your match.com <laughs> person. Um, yeah, your therapist. When Oh, do you, have you gotten breakups in in your restaurant definitely seen some um good fights some good breakups i've seen some people getting stood up um, yeah 
That's it's the worst. And you got to deal with that because it's so awkward. And you, you kind of like not make light of the situation, but at least make it so they don't feel completely embarrassed or, right. you know. Yeah. And the, and the, what's interesting about it is that you also then have on the complete flip side, I have regulars who, when they found I got engaged, like got up and gave me hugs nice. and then they yeah. came in the next day with another table and they were like, look at her ring. Look oh, and giving awesome. me all yeah. sorts of stuff, like being so excited. And you have the opposite side of like customers who are just the most amazing people in the world. So I will say that for the people out there that are good customers, we really do cherish you. We appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have this like one guy who I'm always like, what's his story? And then I, we did some, I Googled him. Um, and his story was so amazing. Cause, but he's so kind and so generous and such a nice person and would always order. He always orders really nice wines and is like, Hey, do you want a glass? And I'm like, no, I can't, but he'll always leave some for us to taste at the end of the night and asks what's going on in your life and does all of these amazing things. And, you know, because he's really quiet mm-hmm. um, and kind of, uh, yeah, because he's really quiet, people don't give him a chance, I think. And like, he's not brash and flashy with his right. money. Um, so people tend to like look him over and he's just like one of the nicest guys. That's awesome. Ever. And it's, you see that a lot. I mean, we I have a couple regulars now that I invite to parties at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on over. I won't be serving you there. But I won't be serving you. No, but then they bring me bottles of like silver oak. Oh, like, what? Yeah, nice. you're rich. Thanks. <laughs> That's great. I know. Wow. Yeah. So. All right. I got to ask you though, because you mentioned that you get a lot of like off the boat guests who come in. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with um, the off the boat people who don't necessarily know the tipping policies? That of is the a United total States? fallacy. You, you know the tipping policies of any country you go into. You just choose not to know them. That's a total, f- except for Aussies, because I have Aussie friends who are like, we just forget because people are paid like on salary. Right. Um, so my Aussie friends always ask me to look at their bill to make sure I'm tip their tipping properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we used to like try to sneak the automatic rat on it <laughs> and now you can't there's that law and right in california um it sucks you just gear yourself up to get raped and if you don't you're like oh my god yeah. i love you <laughs> thank you how did you know how did you know oh you read the the, the book about the tours and in, in america and you read about tipping anywhere i go i read about tipping any place i've ever yeah. gone to I always read about tipping and I always tip too much, especially in Europe. But I'm like, I'd rather somebody be like stupid American with my, and I speak fluent French. So they always know I'm a stupid American because I just tip too much. And I'm like, well, rather be that guy. Right. Yeah. But it is weird though, because I agree. Like you going, you're going, my my wife and I went on our honeymoon. We went to uh, Tahiti Mm -hmm. and we definitely read up on the tipping uh, policies there. And we also asked everybody there as well because yeah. my wife speaks French so everybody there speaks French so she yeah. asked them found out like it's pretty much the same thing as it is here yeah so we would tip them accordingly yeah but uh, it's true though like even when your Aussie friends say they forget or sit but like you're in a different place now like where yeah. it happens a certain way and it's even happened like when some of my wife friends who are from the UK 
they they tipped like 10% on a, when we went out one night and mm-hmm. I actually had to come back and like throw down some more money. Yeah. I didn't want to embarrass them. They were already gone, but right. just so I could show the server, hey, right. you know, sorry. It's like. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't believe people when they're like, oh, in our country, we didn't know. I'm right. like, you knew enough to order something like super high maintenance mm-hmm. and you had good enough English to do that. When they can like barely speak English, I give them a little bit more of a pass. Right. Um, but I shouldn't because they can still read it in Italian in their Italian guidebook. Um, yeah, I just think it's people that's that's, that's selective understanding much. of culture. Pretty much. But I do want to get to that other, you were telling me about that other customer who happened to say something about... <laughs> oh, um, yes. Okay. So uh, we also <laughs> tend to get... Lar- I, we get like... Oh, God, and God bless our managers. They throw people out. I've never, that is awesome. I know. Wow. I've never worked with <laughs> such amazing people. One time a guy like started yelling at me because I wouldn't do something and I don't cry easily. This is not the story, but this is the segue. I don't cry easily. Um, it's not brain surgery what we're doing. If you're going to yell at me, it's going to fall off my shoulders. Like, right. whatever. But it was just one of those nights, and this guy was being so abrasive. And he was yelling at me, and it was a modification we might have done, but because he was so horrible, I went up to the owner of our restaurant, who's like six foot six, big guy. And I'm like, hey, um, and my like lip was quivering, and he goes, are you about to cry? And I was like, no. <laughs> Um, and he's like, nobody can make you cry. You're always Susie Sunshine. He's like, that's it. He's out. And he had an Italian. My, our owner is Italian. And he, there, there was an Italian at the table. And our owner went over and was like, you need to leave. And the guy was like, did you see the car I came up in? Did you? The Four Seasons. And my, my owner was like, do you see how busy we are? We don't need you. Leave. And then the Italian guy started talking. And the, the Italian owner and the guy were speaking in Italian. He's like, we don't put up with this. Like, mm-hmm. it's out. Like, these people are here to serve you, not to be your punching bags. Um, exactly. <clears throat> and people seem to not understand that. And one, we were, it was, I think it was a Saturday. No, it wasn't even a Saturday. I think it was like a Thursday night, which we get really busy. And we had this group of, you know, dude guys <laughs> that were maybe all some kind of group where they all tend to you know, have pissing contests. You know those guys, those like investment banker guys okay. who um yeah. Um anyway, they were sort of like broker type? Yeah. Okay. Um so it was like one of those pissing contest type groups of dudes. And they got there and we had a table of ten set up for them, but the way oh, this is the other thing. When the hostess won't seat you right away, it's not usually because she doesn't like you. It's usually because the server is inundated and they won't be able to get over there and help you. So instead of having you sit at the table and like not have anything, they'd rather have you like stand at the bar for a few minutes, exactly. let the server take yeah. care. It's not a personal attack. It's you, not because we don't like you. Would you so, rather just wait for your table or be at your table and wait with there? With nothing. And then they'll be like, "We'll just sit at the table," and they don't have to come over. And then like literally no. two seconds later, they're waving you down. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those sections that has a lot more large tables in it. So we couldn't seat the guys right away. And it was busy, and they were being douchebags. Um, and they started picking a fight with our hostess, who was like, so even, God bless her, she's so even keel and so sweet. And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't. you got to wait till your whole party right. is here. There's like four of you. Hats There's going to be her. 14. Wow. Yeah. She's like, this is our policy. 
And he kept getting more and more and more upset. And then our manager went over and was trying to talk to him. He's like, you know, we don't see incomplete parties. As soon as you maybe get two more people, our server's a little overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. But we'll try to get you in. And the guy just wouldn't stop. And he's like, brah, brah, you don't understand, brah. And we're like, oh my God, what is going on? <laughs> and it's in the middle like, of the restaurant. And he's like, you can't treat people like this. I don't fucking need this. And then my manager's like, well, then if you don't need it, then leave. Right. We don't need you. And he's like, no, no. So they like run. They like, he's like, is charging my manager. And my manager kind of stands there. He's really good at just standing there and staring you down <laughs> slightly like a serial killer. He's like... <laughs> Um, so he's charging my manager. So the friends pull him off and then he goes out and then he comes running back in and his friends come running after him. He was like, I will fucking shit in your mouth. I will shit on your face and shit in your mouth. And it's like screaming this in the middle of the restaurant. So my hostess got a shirt made up for my manager that says, I will shit in your mouth. <laughs> um, and he's like, I will shit in your mouth. Like keeps screaming this in the middle of the restaurant because we wouldn't see him. Two guys are, like, pulling him down, and they pull him back out, and he's, like, waiting for valet. And, of course, my manager is slightly antagonistic. Just, like, walks outside the restaurant and stands there and, like, crosses his arms and, like, keeps watching him. He's like, oh, shit on your face! And, like, all, like everybody in the restaurant was like, wow, I was over a table. So. Wow. Yeah. Pizza and seating. Jeez. It brings out like something to be said about fetishes. I know. And just like <laughs> I love that he was like, I will shit in your mouth. Like that's what he came up with. This was his And his, he stuck with that. And he just continuously. Going. <laughs> and my manager, like we finally were like, we were gonna call the cops because he kept like Right. He kept doing that stupid dude thing where, like, they break free of their friends and run up, but kind of, like, have their arms back waiting for right. their friends to grab them because they're not really going to punch them. Mm-hmm. And my manager just kept, sta- like, stood there and just kept watching, <laughs> like, outside. Like, he drove away, and he was like, oh, I'll shut it your face. And wow. he was like, like, wait. <laughs> I love that. It was pretty cool. Oh, jeez. Oi, oi, vey. Um, That'll help you the new tagline for the show. Shit on your face. <laughs> I'm going to shit in your face. I'll shit in your I mouth. I would buy one of those t-shirts. I, I think you should sell mouth. those at the restaurant. She, it was the funniest thing when she came in with that for the, the manager. Um, she'd gotten it embroidered. I will shit in your mouth. Wow. Kudos to her because <laughs> even keel and creative. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. I mean, again, usually servers and hosts are constantly at war with each other. Um, she's one of the, the golden few. She's amazing what she does. That is, yeah, that's really good. And you're right. There is like a, <laughs> a turf war going on between a host stand and the servers. Yeah. For not getting sat enough, for being sat too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything you can think of. Everything you can think of. <laughs> With her, she'll be like, oh, she's the best. I love her. Nice. Yeah. I mean, those customer stories are probably some of the best ones that I've heard on the show. So that's off to you for that. <laughs> well, we, uh, we, we get people who are very angry. <laughs> and I'm sure what most angry customers do is go to Yelp and write dissertations about it, which brings me to the LA Yelp diary section of the show. Folks, we're taking down Yelp, one crazy Yelper at a time. Like these two Yelpers. I'm going to do two because they're short, but it's funny because they're talking about the same place, and it's almost like they're talking 
as one person, but they're two different people writing two different Yelp reviews that are almost the same. Here's how it works. First of all, Mel N, who lives in Koreatown. Okay. You guys can find Mel N's uh, profile on Yelp so you can tell her what you think about her. Uh-oh. Mel N writes, <clears throat> Dear Yelp, the food was okay. The service, not so good. We ordered drinks and the drinks came out after our dinner was served. Let's stop right there. Because sometimes people think, yes, there are steps of service that should happen. But maybe the bar was backed up. Maybe mm-hmm. the bar had to go restock. Maybe the kitchen just got it out quickly because that happens. Sometimes they can shoot things out faster than normal. Maybe you ordered like 17 Mixality drinks that have 45 <laughs> ingredients Yeah, in that's them. what happens when you order a mango mojito and anything else of that ilk. When we don't have mango or mojito. <laughs> yeah, we had to go find mangoes <laughs> in the back. We had to go find them. Mel continues... This is a big no-no for me, and they still charged us for the drinks. Did you drink them? <laughs> yeah. That's, okay, that's the thing. You're, you, what's for free? What are you going to get for free? Just because you complain? We got to stop with this, because just no. because you complain about it doesn't mean you're going to get it for free. Here's the secret, actually. <laughs> when you don't complain, and you're regulars at places, and you're really nice, you get oodles of things for yeah. free if we can do comp tabs. Some restaurants are so strict about comp tabs, we just physically can't do it. But like, if you're a really great customer, you're going to get stuff for free way more likely than if you're going to be kvetching about exactly. everything. And you'll get treated better. Yeah, You'll just get hooked up left and right. But not Mel N, because mm-hmm. she continues, if you screw up a good toast and dinner conversation that could have happened over drinks, we should have gotten the drinks free. Don't you know that if you keep the booze flowing, diners spend more money and give bigger tips? That's kind of true. Uh, Sort of. Well, it depends. I don't know. If people get drunk, haven't you noticed that drunk people may not tip as well? Oh, yeah. They do. My favorite is when they do half cash and then they split the rest on the card. And then they only tip what's on the card. Again, you're not that stupid. Right. Um, (laughs) I, I like that she's like, we couldn't have... Dinner, we couldn't have conversation before dinner without drinks. Right. So I'm just imagining that they were sitting at a four top, <laughs> silence, checking their phones, probably looking around. Yeah. Are those da- oh, our apps are here. Yeah, there you go. Oy vey. She writes, meh, another crappy Beverly Hills restaurant with a beautiful decor and mediocre food and lousy, snooty service. But it is pretty. So here's my question. Why were you eating in Beverly Hills? Right. That's all it is, is going to be mediocre food. Exactly. A very pretty thing. Like, no, except for what, Spago is the only place I think in Beverly Hills. Everything else, I mean, why would you go there? Yeah. Maybe Nate and Nails, that place is good. But that's what you're supposed to But those are places that have been there forever. Yeah, everything else there are tourist traps. Yeah. So. And the fact that she even wrote another Another Beverly Hills restaurant, meaning that she keeps going to these places. Right. Like, didn't you learn your, didn't you learn your, your lesson the first time around? I don't know. And she finishes. And by the way, (laughs) thank God, I was looking at the photos of the sangria and the glasses were filled to the top. My sangria came out half filled. WTF? What the fuck? Cheap, rich people run this business, fill the glass do a good pour, be generous, I won't be back anytime soon. Meaning that she will eventually come back 
but just not anytime soon. <laughs> not, okay, not next right. week, but like in three weeks. So from if now. she's running out of things to yelp about, yeah, she's gonna come back. Oh, yelp, yeah. I, and that's my other thing is like when people are like, "Can you like give us a good pour?" And I'm like, "No, we we have a line against the wall that shows exactly." Right, and people there's a don't standard. Believe you? Yeah. And I'm like, "Here, do you hold on? I'm gonna go get the wine bottle and I'm gonna get the jigger." And we're going to jigger the wine into your glass. And then they'll be like, oh, right. it just seemed a lot bigger last time. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. We like, changed glass. Like you can get so many glasses of wine out of a bottle. Right. And if they are only pouring two glasses out of it, you're yeah. getting too much. You're getting way too much. And what's for us is even crazier is that we let you taste the wines before you even try them. Oh, wow. So we're already losing profit because we're giving lots of nips of wines to people. So when they then have the the audacity to say that it's a short pour. It's like, no, you've already had your nips. I've already had your nips. And, and yeah. you know what? If it is a short pour, I wish I could do something about it, but I can't. That's the other thing was when people are like, can't you just like no. do this? And I'm like, no. And they're like, come on for me. And I'm like, no, I like having a job. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to support me if I get fired. <laughs> if I get fired. I've always had, and, and like, I've had people like with the cheese and the seafood thing, they'll be like, just, just this once, just this once. And it's really good to be able to be like, no, my owner's sitting right there. Yeah. Like I, I literally cannot do that. Like, just do it for me. I don't know you. I don't know yeah. you. I wouldn't do it for my friends, much <laughs> less you. So get out of here. So that was Mel N. Okay. And now we're moving on to Anna S from Sherman Oaks. So they live on completely opposite sides of town. This was my second time here. Don't go back. <laughs> right off the bat, Anna. Right off the bat. This is my second time here. I really don't remember the SVC, I think, service, ah. the first time since it was a year ago. Okay. So she continues, I had guests from Detroit that really wanted to dine there, so I took them there last night. The only best part was that we got to choose where we sat because there was literally maybe three tables that had patrons. The restaurant was empty at 7 p.m. Another beef that I have with people thinking that they know why a restaurant is or is not busy and they always have the comment about it. Mm -hmm. She continues, all I want to say is the owner needs to really address the issues. The service was so bad, they brought the bread after the appetizers. No SBC service at all. The food was K. I will not go back. I don't know. This is your second time here. So I'm thinking, exactly. <laughs> thinking you will go back. I passed by their kitchen to use the bathroom, and it was also a mess. My guests were also disappointed because they thought it's going to look like the show. Oh. So they were going someplace that's famous because of a TV show. Yes. Duh. It's not going to be good. <laughs> I got news for you, though. If you were going there, all right, hypothetically, and it looked like the show, chances are you wouldn't really have anywhere to sit because yeah. there are cameras all over the place. Right. There's lights. Yeah. There's gaffers. Um, <laughs> there's a director. There's, there's random chairs that shouldn't be there's there. There's extras. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. I love that people, like, make things, uh, they shorten it. Like the the service, like right. you can't even write out service. Yeah, what's the problem? Okay, uh, if you're gonna, well, so why don't I just do a half-ass job at what I'm doing if you can't do a full job of writing? Yeah, exactly. Like to even type SV, SVC almost takes more effort than to just type out service. It does. I don't know. 
It's it's Yelp anger. Oh, Anna S. Just, oh, Anna S. Just, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so she finishes, I had to call the waitress to our table several times because she really didn't care. If you are going to charge an arm and a leg, please have a great service, SBC, and make us want to come back. Never again, unsmiley face. Oh, poor Anna S. Maybe her server didn't want to go over because she kept waving her down. You know? <laughs> or maybe she kept calling her SVC. <laughs> She's like, SVC, I need help. <laughs> Can I get some more SVC, please? Can I please get some more SVC? Oh, I, that makes me sad that people get bad service. But then, yeah, I'm sure they were also not the peaches of patrons right. either. But did this really describe that they got bad service? No. Or just the fact that they're trying to assume that there's bad service and try to let everybody know. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think that, look, I, I've read Yelp reviews about my restaurant that, um, had entire meals of food we don't make. Oh, wow. They reviewed the fettuccine Alfredo. We've never had that on the menu. You're not going to get that in an Italian place. N- uh, no. I mean, <laughs> they literally like reviewed the chicken dish. We don't have chicken on our menu. Right. Um, so sometimes I, I don't know. I don't know if people just kind of like, and I think it's a great platform to be able to say what you think. And I have read Yelp reviews before and been like, oh, maybe I should work on some of this stuff. But I also think that these very generic, like, random things. Yeah. Just because I could just imagine this person, like, waving down the <laughs> server. And as a server, when people, usually sometimes you're, like, caring. My favorite is when you're, like, yeah. caring things and, like, wave you down. And you're like, what's they're yeah. like at the computer, and then, then they like put their hand in front of the computer. What? Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I'll, I'll be right with you. No, I... and you just kind of start ignoring them. Sorry, but if you continuously try to wave me down, there might be a reason near the end. Yeah, I want to say if you see your server at the computer, let them finish up at the computer, because there's so many times people have walked up to me at the computer asking where the bathroom is or needing something. And I'd be happy to walk you to the bathroom. But at that moment, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get something correct. Mm-hmm. Your food. Yeah. And With- all of your allergies. <laughs> yes. So just so you don't die, I'm going to ask you to hold it for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And then I'll show you where the restroom is. Yeah. But not from LN or Anna S. And as we say on the LA Yelp Diaries, you got yelped. We're going to finish up the show right here with a little game I like to call the Daily Specials. Maite does not know what the questions are going to be. There are 10 questions. Rapid fire. Answer off the top of your head. Here we go. You ready for this? I didn't do it. Didn't do what? I don't know. (laughs) Study? No. That's all right because I didn't. It's a surprise. Okay. (laughs) Okay, the Daily Specials. Question number one. Have you ever spit in a customer's food? No, absolutely not. Number two, how many coworkers have you hooked up with? Um, one. One. I'm so boring. Out of the total service industry yes. career. Well, good. No, why? That's good. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I made out with my female friend once. So one and a half. Okay. That, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, when you go out to eat, do you evaluate your service? Yes. Four, will you say something to your server if the service is bad? No. Five, best tip you've ever received? I got tips for Jesus. Shut up. Yeah. 
No, we, you did not. We pool. So we pool. Um, all right, hang so on. We First had- of all, Tips for Jesus, everybody, is uh, this group that goes out to random restaurants, I think across the nation, mm-hmm. and they give a huge tip mm-hmm. to the server. Like, that's... It's like a thousand percent tip mm-hmm. of what they give. Yeah. So go ahead. Continue. We got tips for Jesus. And it was so funny because the week before they were hitting LA and I was talking to one of the other servers and I was like, dude, we need to get tips for Jesus like on a Tuesday. And she was like, yeah. And the next Tuesday we got tips for Jesus. I totally manifested it. They left wow. 3000 on an $800 tab. Now, was it a group of people? Or? It was four guys. Um, and at first... The, and because we pool, it's good because I had to give my table to her. They were like closing me out. I was right. so bummed. Um, but yeah, it was four, no, three guys. And it was funny because they kept buying wine and stuff for other tables. Um, but they were really nice. Did the tables know they were getting wine? Yeah, they would like drop off. They'd be like, these guys wanted to get you some wine. Oh and some people got freaked out and other people were like, thanks. Um, and then the server started when she got the tab that I could I was eating like I was like wrapped and I was eating and I could tell they were like really wanting her to see the tip mm-hmm. um and so she was like oh thank you and they were like huh like she didn't really react because she thought she saw 300 and she was like wow that's really nice yeah. but um and then she went to the computer and like saw that it was 3000 and went over there and was like oh my god um, it helps that she was talking about her baby, I think. Because she was like, yeah, this will buy my daughter lots of shoes or something like that. Um, we were like, yeah, pour out your child. I think I want to start doing that with all my tables you now. You should. Just, just talk just like, about I like, got to get my kids some new shoes. Dude, I got to get my kids. I got to get a new appendix or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, so we, we that was the tips for Jesus. Wow. That was the biggest one. And then like when I worked at the clubs, you know, we'd make... Somebody would like hand you 500 bucks, but no tips, tips for, for Jesus. Jesus. That, is... that was, and it's it, when you're a server, like a waiting wait staff server, it's, it's so much harder work that when somebody tips you like 25% or we have a regular who tipped me like an extra hundred dollars one time, like tipped 20% added an extra hundred dollars. So it was like a $250 tip or something right. like that on a, on a hundred dollar meal wow. or something. Um, it, you just, it's like, it makes you so, you worked so hard for it. You dealt with so many horrible people <laughs> that you're just like, thank you. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. So tips for Jesus. Wow. Okay. It's not going to get better than that. So. Number six, is it harder to wait on girls or guys? Um, it depends. Uh, it depends on what kind of person they are. Girls, if they're like really young, like just learning how to not young but like in their early 20s can be a little bit of a pain in the butt yeah um but i would say both are pretty easy seven best excuse you've used to call out sick i never called out sick for like not reasons of being sick just sick yeah number eight have you ever been tipped in anything besides money no, like what? Uh, I no. I'm trying to think, like drugs or something? Mm-hmm. No, but I think some people got tipped in, in like um, joints when I would <laughs> when I bartended or at I bar. But I no, I look like a narc. Nobody's gonna give me drugs. <laughs> 
<laughs> Number nine, worst thing you've ever been written up for. Again, I'm a narc. I've never been written up. She's a good one. <laughs> and number 10, knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self on your first day of work in the service industry, what would you say? Uh, it's not personal. Like, don't, don't let it, don't let it wear you down. Nothing's personal. It's not rocket science and have fun because you meet some really, really cool people as, I mean, we have this whole subculture as servers because we get out at different times. We work on times where people aren't, you know, we work when people aren't and we're not working when people are. Right. And enjoy all of that because I have some stories that I never thought I would have ever had because I was a narc and kind of shy and working in the bars and all that. I really got to have some really fun experiences. Awesome. Yeah. Words to the wise, ladies and gentlemen. And that is another episode of the Bitter Bistro Podcast. Maite Schwartz, ladies and gentlemen. Maite, promote yourself. Where are you on Twitter, Facebook, your IMDB? (laughs) You know what? Maite is another person who's another guest on the show who does well with her acting career. So what have you been up to with that? Like, let's, uh, let's, let's promote that. Oh, um, well, I was on NCIS a few weeks ago. Awesome. And yeah. she shot people. I shot people and I had a French accent. <laughs> um, and I'm doing, I'm actually doing this thing right now. It, it's, it's a very quick thing, but I'm super honored to be involved in it. It's called the Young Playwrights Festival with the Blank Theater. Um, and we do short plays written by kids from all over the U.S. Oh, wow. and so my playwright's 17 years old. Um, and yeah, so I'm finishing up with that and then I don't know, shot a couple commercials a, few weeks, a month ago. I, I putter around. I, Great. I schmacked. Do you, um, do you Twitter? Are you on? No, because I'm not that interesting. I, I can't come up with zingers. You're one of the smart ones. <laughs> no, <laughs> no zingers. I tried. I tried to do Instagram. I got bored. Um, well, that's, fa- that's Facebook, good. sort of. I just like, I just lurk and look at other people's lives. That means you're actually too busy acting. <laughs> I've actually had people like, um, be like, oh, are you an actress? And I'm like, I am. And they're like, are you acting? And I'm like, no, I really, I really, really am. And then I had somebody IMDB me because this guy was like, I'll fuck you out. And his friend IMDB'd me at the table and I walked back over and his friend goes, you've worked more than he has. And started <laughs> laughing. And I was like, how was he going to help you out? I don't like know. raise your score because he looked at your profile? Introduce me to somebody. I, look, weirder things have happened and I will <laughs> always like be very gracious towards people. But when people are like, Oh, so you act. I'm like, no, I really do. I really do get paid to do it. Um, I, I just don't like being bored and I like making money. Right. So here's your pizza. Yeah, I'm acting like I like you. Acting so, like you're interesting. Yeah, there you go. Well, of course, you can always find The Bitter Bistro on Twitter at The Bitter Bistro. Like us on Facebook, The Bitter Bistro on Facebook. And, of course, everything bitter can be found at www.thebitterbistro.com. Remember, servers don't pay their rent with compliments. Maite Schwartz, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, we'll see you next time. Better party of one. Your table's ready.